you have labor questions? They have answers. Bill Holfeld and Joe Maniscalco, Labor Press's Blue Collar Buzz. Welcome back to Labor Press's Blue Collar Buzz here at AM 970, The Answer. I'm your host, Joe Maniscalco, senior editor at laborpress.org. With me in the studio is publisher Neil Tapel. Welcome back, Neil. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's a great show, Joe. Great. And we have uh, two special guests in the studio, none other than uh, Labor Press columnist and labor historian Jane Latour. Jane, welcome to the studio. Hi, nice to be here. And we have Mr. Ray Rogers, head of the corporate campaign, staunch foe of Rebney and fighter of uh, workers' rights. Ray, welcome back to Blue Collar Buzz. Thank you, Joe, and thank you, Neil. I'm glad to be here, and I'm really honored to be here with Jane Latour, believe me. <laughs> you bet. Let's talk about uh, a rally uh that's uh, that's happening this week at City Hall. Uh, everybody knows that small businesses in this in this city they're struggling. Everywhere, almost every neighborhood, you you every block you walk down, you, you see a out of business, going out of business, sale, everything. Now that there is a new le- there's new hope that there's going to be legislation uh, the small business administration to to help folks out, but. Uh, Ray, you're not you're not sold on it. You, you have some uh, problems with it. Oh yes, uh, the only the only thing that's really going to help small businesses in this city create a level playing field that they can stop being price gouged out of existence. And by the way, there are more than a thousand small businesses every month, and eight thousand jobs going down the drain. We're losing all these small businesses. Just look at all the empty mom-and-pop stores and the empty office buildings. And this is a policy of Rebney. They have fought and prevented legislation to protect small businesses uh, in the city for more than 30 years. Now we have a real opportunity to finally pass the Small Business Job Survival Act. And I think what you're alluding to is a demonstration on 30 that as Council Member Mark Jonah uh, is, is a sponsoring He's busing people in to try to change the debate of what small businesses need to be protected from passage of the Small Business Job Survival Act to everything from parking tickets uh, and other tickets or whatever. It's, it's, it's really crazy what's going on here. Right, because it's, it's red tape and bureaucracy. That, that's what's really killing the small businesses. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you, I've been meeting with small businesses all across the city, and there's one main factor that puts them out of business – price gouging, the rent gouging. You had a small business in, in for example, a, a nice vegan Chinese restaurant that was written about in uh, Greenwich Village. They walked in, raised the rent from 5000 a month to 25000 They went out of business. It's happening all over the city, all five boroughs. So, and this this, uh, this uh, council member, now he's just been appointed to the, the uh, Small Business he's Committee. He's the head of the Small Business Committee right. in the city council. And this is the city council bill. Jane, what does this look like to you uh, as far as uh, what has happened to small businesses up until this point and that the city's council's reaction to it? Yeah, well, let me just say that I think the one thing that can make such a difference in the city is commercial rent control. And way back when, in 1990, I applied for a Revson Fellowship, and I was being interviewed, and I was planning to do a project looking at what labor could do if they were going to be involved, like with zoning and all of those issues around job loss. And 
they kept asking me this question. Just tell us one thing you think. And I kept saying, no, I, I'm not going to say because I haven't studied the problem yet. And I wanted to say commercial rent control, but there was a guy from the planning commission on the committee to select the Revson Fellows for that year. And I didn't know his politics, so I didn't want to lose out. So I didn't say commercial rent control, but I still say commercial rent control would make such a difference. You see these empty shops all over. And it's, it's, you know, it's like the rents are extortionary. You know, like when I have this conversation, Neil, we've had this conversation, I have this conversation with friends, and they always, invariably, they say like, well, what do they want? They're forcing them out of business. What do they want? They Don't they want the people renting out their spaces? Well, you know, commercial tenants, first of all, have no rights. And I want to make one thing very clear, and Jane is right. Historically, there used to be commercial rent control to protect small businesses, and we don't have that. We haven't had it for years. Um, but what the Small Business Job Survival Act is not a rent control bill. Reverend would like to suggest it is. What it does is it creates a level playing field that actually empowers commercial tenants. There are three basic things. Number one, commercial uh, tenants will have rights. They have no rights right now in the process of renewing their leases. They would have a right to a minimum of 10-year leases, which businesses need these, this kind of uh, security. Uh, there would be an end of what we call oppressive pass-alongs uh, to businesses. All of a sudden, you have a business right now, Cornelia Street Cafe. The head of Cornelia Street Cafe uh, an iconic institution in the city was handed a $40,000 10-year water bill. I mean, it's a joke by a landlord that, um, to say the least, is as sleazy as they come. But the key thing in this uh, bill is that it would provide for mediation and binding arbitration if these landlords try to price gouge people trying to renew their lease. They would have a right to mediation and binding arbitration so they can't be price gouged out of existence. And that is critical. That is empowering these small business people. Well, right. But, but talk about the rationale that people don't understand. Like, why are they doing that? What, what's, what, what are the, the real estate holders? What's their game if they, if, they, if they force people out who were paying in rent? Well, because they realize the way the things have been going in the city, the, the property speculators, the landlords, the developers, they figure that... Uh, the property now is worth a lot. And if they can build a new high-rise luxury tower, for example, and they get the air rights, every floor, for example, 157 Gary Barnett Extel Corporation, the top floor sold for over $100 million. Every time you get these air rights and you build these super tall buildings, which people are, uh, are just so upset about throughout the city, all the rezoning, the upzoning that's going on, bulldozing our neighborhoods, uh, overburdening uh, the city, you know, we're, I mean, the sewage system, the schools, the subway. What's going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. The Real Estate Board of New York is controlling the politics of this city. And what they were doing is not only is there an attack on small businesses, we all know here the attack that Rebney has on labor unions in the city and, and, and the attack on, on, on renters and trying to undermine rent stabilization and all the dirty money in politics that has bought off a lot of political leaders. And that's a real problem. And I'm, I'm telling you, there's an opportunity here for small businesses, the tenants and the labor unions to all come together to take on and put Rebney out of business. That needs to be done to protect the city. To protect union members and to protect tenants and the small businesses. Well, Neil, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we covered covered a, a rally out out in Long Island City, where uh, uh, which is which is on track to be the the tallest skyscraper in Queens. It, it's a Durst organization uh, project. Uh, Durst, up until now, was considered a high road developer. Now he's hired a, a non union Alfred to do the concrete, and 
Everyone yeah, I'm very is disappointed at the uh, Durst organization. They had been a, a union, a very pro-union uh, operation for many years. In fact, uh, you, you wrote about that, and it's in our section. It was in our section on Tuesday uh, in the New York Daily News. And, th and that is exactly what's happening. They're, they're uh, knocking down the small buildings, throwing out the, the uh, commercial tenants, and building the high-rises and bringing in uh, the, uh, the not, not the local uh, stores. They're bringing in the stores that are nationwide, that can pay. And that is a shame. Neighborhood, you don't have the character anymore of the neighborhood. Neighborhood, as we knew it as kids, and I was brought up in New York, it's changed, completely changed. And Neil, you are so right. And let me tell you another thing. Uh, a lot that has to do with what's going on are the big banks, the J.P. Morgan Chases, the Bank of America, the Wells Fargo, all big players, by the way, behind Rebney. They don't want to finance. They don't want to give loans to small businesses. They just want to give loans to the big businesses. And the banks are very much a part of the assault on the entire population running roughshod over New Yorkers. And the drugstores. Uh, CVS, you exactly. don't see a local store anymore, right? Yeah. CVS. You know. That's right. In meeting with small businesses, Neil, I was, have met with some of these small drugstore owners out in Brooklyn just recently, and they were telling me about how CVS was forcing them out of business and some of the policies that were going on. But, you know, again, I, I look at the Real Estate Board of New York, they're the attack on small businesses, the attack on the labor unions, the attack on tenants. We were talking, you just brought up Durst, used to have good relations with the unions. Now they're going non-union. They went sour. They went, went south. Went south. Well, but you got to understand, Neil, and you should have a little sympathy for these developers and these property owners and everything. Doug Durst is like uh, Stephen Rossett related. They think that construction workers are pampered and overpaid. Now, Doug Durst is worth $4.4 billion. Stephen Ross is worth $7.6 billion. Hey, public, wake up. Is a construction worker that they claim who may make over 100000 and Jane could probably tell you that she hasn't met an awful lot of construction workers and listen, working a lot of overtime that are making that kind of money. Okay, there's something wrong with this equation. Where is the greed? It's not in the hardworking construction worker. It's in the, Doug, it's the way that Doug Durst, Stephen Ross, and and Rebney's policies. Remember, both Doug Durris and Stephen Ross and Bruce Beale, who worked for Stephen Ross, they're all on the executive board of the Real Estate Board of New York. On the executive board of the Real Estate Board of New York. Hear that again. And the lead spokesman for the Real Estate Board of New York is uh, John Banks, the one black face you see over there. Again, talking about how overpaid and how we got in prevailing wage. He makes 800000 bucks a year. Now, that's not a lot when you look at the billionaires, but how can they be saying that construction workers are overpaid? All right, looks like we've, we've run out of time for this segment, but uh, come on back. We're going to continue this conversation. Uh, we're going to take step away for a couple of messages, but come on back for more Blue Collar Buzz here on AM 970 The Answer. You're listening to Labor Press on AM 970 The Answer. <laughs> 